Welcome to Prolaw Help and Prolaw Tips and Tricks with Jason Davey. That's me. I am the owner and lead programmer of C2Axis.com. That's C, the number two, A-X-I-S.com. If you find the information that we're covering in today's podcast helpful, I encourage you to go over to my blog, check out some additional articles that may have been written about this subject that we covered today or other subjects that I've covered in the past. I also encourage you to sign up for our newsletter right on the front page. That way you can stay up to date when these new podcasts are launched. And lastly, feel free to email me or call me if you have any questions or need some help with your pro-law setup about this topic or any other topic that you need help on. My email address is jason at c2axis.com. And thanks for listening. Here we go. So today I wanted to talk about custom docketing. I believe custom docketing and the framework that ProLaw has given us is one of the greatest tools that we can use to combat internal processes and hold professionals accountable for those legal tasks that are difficult to track in mass every single time. So to get to custom dockets, you go tool setup docket off of the dashboard. And then if you just want to click new in the upper left hand corner, then you can click through and review the tabs as I go over them. You probably will have to put something in the description to start in order to click somewhere else. So the first tab I wanted to talk about under the, the docket setup is the options tab. So up at the top there's general and there's options. If you click over to the options tab, there's really two options that we have to fill out. The first is area of law. So if you're creating a process that is only for one area of law for your firm, definitely want to hit the add button here and restrict the docket down to just the area of law that you need. Now, typically when I set up um, law firms and there's similarly based areas of law, I don't find that using the area of law is the best way because sometimes we'll have 25 different areas of law and maybe this docket's going to apply to 20 of them. So what I like to do is use custom rule set. So down there at the bottom, that rule set is typically for the Westlaw legal calendaring rules, but we're going to create a rule set for ourselves called litigation, for example. And then we can just add that rule set to all of the matters that we need that docket to be available in, regardless of area of law. So that's the way that I typically set up my um, my custom dockets is I restrict them down to area of law or rule set. I mean, I do rule set, but you can do area of law as well. The reason that you want to set one or the other is otherwise you're going to junk up your entire system by having all of these global options. And it's not going to make sense to the professionals who are trying to dock it and they're in a bankruptcy matter and they're getting co um, construction litigation docketing. We don't want that. So set either the area of law or the rule set, I would recommend the rule set. Okay, so flipping back to the general tab of the custom docket, this is really the bulk of um, our docketing. And this is, what we're, this is where we can set the traditional docketing um, when where. So first, under the description, you only get a certain amount of characters there, so you want to kind of keep it short and brief. If you set another option that we're going to talk about later of um, asking the professional if they want to add that docket, that's going to be the line that they're going to see every single time. 
I also recommend that whatever you put in the description, you copy down to the default notes first line. You can add additional information into the notes below that, but I like to make them the same. Date underneath description is how the interval that you want. So um, if this is the parent, if you're looking at the first one, you're going to be looking at just the parent. But if you had children, let's say you wanted three business days after the parent. So that's how you would you'd put three in the date. You would click the drop-down menu. You could choose days, business days, months, hours, minutes, whatever you want. And then you would say before or after. So typically for the very first docket, it's set to nothing. But the, very, the first child is going to be calculating its date based off of the parent. So if the parent is, you know, new matter process, and then the first docket is to read complaint and review and create summary, that's going to be three days after parent. And so then when we add it into the matter, it's going to assign that professional, that docket for to be due in three days after the new matter was added. On weekends and holidays, you can do stay or forward. So that just means that if at the end of those three days it fell on a Saturday, do you want it to be due on Saturday or before or after? Sorry, yes, so stay is on Saturday. Um, before, of course, um, it would come back to Friday and after it would go to Monday. If you add one child to the parent, then you're also going to get one more extra box down right above the notes box called sort order. Sort order is a little bit finicky. Um, there's a couple of versions out there that it works less than it does in other versions, but I've never really had any major issues. The only times that I've seen problems is when um, people create huge custom docket flows like you know, 15, 20, 40 different dockets, and they're trying to like organize them all in these trees and everything. I don't think that works very well. I understand that it's a, it's, sometimes it's a need, but I always always recommend breaking up um, your dockets into sections. So if you're going to try to create one for an, an entire, you know, litigation matter, I would, you know, do introduction and gather documents. And then I would do, you know, initial complaint and answer. And then I would do discovery. And then I would do uh, mediator prep. And then I would do trial prep. And I would do each one of those kind of major stages in, um, in their own custom docket. Now, the, the reason that I would do that, too, is remember that you can always docket all five of them at the beginning of a case. There's nothing that prevents you from doing that. But I just find um, that when we have smaller portions, one, that we can complete the parent and it complete all the children. And so it can make it a little bit easier to manage those stages that if you just want to complete the entire stage, you can mark the parent done, hit yes if it's a preference set to complete all of the children and then you would be on from the initial to the answer. Or as soon as you get done with answer and you need to get into discovery, you could just mark the answer done and move on to discovery. But anyway, sort order is how we can organize all of the dockets internal to a custom docket. So if you do have nine children on a, um, on a parent and you want to ensure that they're always in a certain order, you can put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, I've also been pretty successful with adding dots, so 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. So typically what I'll do is I'll just start 1 through 9, and then when I have to add other ones in and have to go back and adjust the processes, the new ones that I add in will get added in as 1.1 or 1.2 if I need them to fall back up in the list. So just play with that. That's what the sort order is for. Okay. 
options. So click over to the options tab real fast. This is one of the most important section of our custom docketing. This is really how we can do quote unquote fancy stuff. <laughs> so the first thing is, is if you use the use parents professionals and check that box, then you're automatically going to inherit down the professionals that were on the parent. Um, sometimes this is okay, usually not though. Um, for me, most of my processes involve multiple professionals doing multiple jobs, and I do not want every single professional to know about everybody else's job. I just want them to be assigned to whatever they're assigned to, and then to go in and take care of that one thing. So typically I will uncheck this, because then we'll get the assign tab, and then we can manually assign um, certain individuals or by assign type. Um, so that's where the use for parents professionals is for. Change date when parents date changes. I almost always leave this checked. I think it's checked by default. It's usually how we're going to want the behavior to act um, because if the top level changes, it should change all of the parents. So if you had a trial due on you know, Friday and then it gets moved to Monday, you want to be able to move it to Monday and all of the children automatically move. That's one of the amazing things about ProLaw. Um, publish does nothing that I'm aware of. Um, especially in custom docketing. So you can use this for tracking purposes. So if there is something that you want to make sure that you can always go in and track, you could, um, I think, publish equals Y um, would work to query all of those dockets. Um, include yourself as a professional is a great way to add the adding professional to the docket. So for example, let's say you have an intake team who's who creates all of your matters and you want them to be added onto all of the initial docketing that they add just to make sure that it gets completed or whatever. But they, they're not necessarily assigned to the general tab and you don't want to add them individually. So you can use that include yourself as a professional. Uh, you could also use this for secretaries who are docketing for their um, attorneys and that they wanted to always be added to those dockets. Um, that would be another way. Don't create this event is how you turn off children that you no longer want to docket. You cannot delete them once they've been added to the system. All that you can do is say don't create this event and that box is grayed out for the parent because if you you can't, there'd be nothing to docket and then probably get stuck in a loop or something. So anyway, you can't do it on the parent, but any of the children that you've already used, if you don't want them to be added, check that don't create this event. Use this docket type in matters and contact self-explanatory, I think, but basically it's just a way to restrict that docket to only be available in one or the other. For all my accounting types, this is a way that you could you could create tasking for um, any accounting, like vendor 1099 stuff, if you wanted to do that type of thing, you could make your custom docket and then only use it in contact so it wouldn't get in the way of the front office folks. Um, Create when done is a great way to um, daisy chain events. So when I was talking earlier, when we talked about initial discovery, answer, um, and then um, like discovery, and then mediation, and then a trial, in theory, if you wanted to, you could um, have the first one, um, the initial document discovery, and as soon as you completed the parent, it could generate the next stage of the case. And then once you mark that one done, it would generate the next, and then generate the next. Um, you can also sometimes, like for example, on affirmative answer deadlines, um, once that's completed, maybe you want to generate a follow-up for the senior attorney to double-check or something. You know, you could do things like that. The only downside to the create when done is that if it's mark not marked done, then it doesn't fire off. So if you have a professional that never marks their tasks done, 
And that, I mean, let's assume that it's your firm process to mark tasks done, but one professional doesn't. And if you're depending on all of the professionals to mark them done and they do not, then it won't generate the docket. So it's a cool tool, um, but I don't find that it, it works as well as I wish it would um, unless you have 100% docketing and you really make sure that nothing goes past due. Authority. This is the secret box that we can use. Um, it's not really a secret. It's the same authority box that ProLaw uses to document where their calendaring rules come from. So you could absolutely, if you're, cre if you're using the custom docket to create custom rules for a local jurisdiction that's not available from ProLaw directly, you know, Huckabee County, then you could go in there and add Huckabee County and you could even pull their local rules. And if it was on page two, paragraph three, you know, subsection A, you could put that exact um, reference in the authority. And that's exactly what I would do. Because one of my fears with custom docketing is that some professional sets them up and then they never get updated. Or then how, how long has it been since they were updated last? We don't know. What you can do is you can use this authority field to track by the rules when you create them um, of when that docket was created inside of ProLaw. Give it a shot. Event class, I would always recommend at a minimum you set this for the parent event, but really I would do it for all the children. Um, we've just had some issues over the years with dockets disappearing, documents moving, going to none folders. We can prevent that by doing our job as good as administrators to make sure that every custom docket has an event class. Same thing with documents. If we design the system properly and make sure that event classes are always completed, then we won't have an issue. All right, plowing on. Sorry, this is going a little bit longer than normal. Reminders. So reminders... Reminders do not require action in ProLaw. Reminders are, is not a docket. A docket stands alone as something that you are required to do. A reminder it tells you about that docket. I typically don't like to set a lot of default docket reminders. I prefer to have the professionals add them individually. But if you know that you always have a problem getting X, Y, and Z, and you really want to make sure that reminders are added to every single docket, click the Add button, put in the interval, one, two, three, then the frequency, days, weeks, months, and then before or after that event. So if you just want to send reminders to the people that don't do it on time, you can send a one-week-after reminder. And you can do it in the system, or you can send an email as well. If you don't want to send an email, just uncheck the box. Outlook. So the Outlook tab changes the type of docket that you are adding. So that first send to Outlook as, you can click the drop-down, and then you can set it to an appointment, or task, or email. And if you don't set it to anything, then it stays a docket. So you can kind of play with all of those. They're, they just have different meanings inside of ProLaw. Appointments always going to go to a calendar. Dockets will not unless you have the preference set to. And then um, tasks go to the actual task portion of ProLaw and Outlook as well. And you can even send emails as part of um, a chain. Notification options, another great thing to kind of point out. If that's basically what emails they're going to get from the system when that docket changes. 
So if you never want to get the system emails or if you're getting a million one emails that, you know, every time somebody makes one little change in a docket, this is how you can change it. Notification option. Uh, one side note, the post to public folder is if you want to um, put all of the certain docket to a certain folder. So if you have a firm calendar, um, this would be a way to do that. Lastly, assigned. Remember, the assigned tab won't show up unless you have um, unchecked the use parents professionals. And there's also a matters preference that has to be changed. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. But that exposes two blocks, assigned type and professionals. So this is if you want to always assign that docket to the attorney on the matter and you know the attorney is always going to be assigned as responsible attorney, then you would map responsible attorney to that assigned type and it would automatically, if there was one or five assigned attorneys, it would add one or five to that docket. If you wanted to hard code it to a certain individual, let's say you have a certain person that closes files or requests checks or something like that, and you know that that task is always going to go to your accounting manager or whoever it is, you can also here assign them specifically by initial. Be careful of doing it this way. Every time that person leaves, you're going to have to go in and not only update the default dockets, but you're going to have to move everything that they had in the past. So it can be helpful, but just be careful that you don't create more administrative overhead if you have high turnover for later. Okay, sorry I talked so long. Custom docketing, these are basically all of the fields that we have at our disposal to use. Um, play with it, see what you can do. Try not to go overboard. Try to create one task instead of four, especially if you can add a bunch of event notes to outline the steps that you um, are looking for them to complete. Try not to create too much of an overhead and administrative burden with custom tasking. Make sure that it's direct to the point, just the same as our docketing is. And if you have any questions, reach out. I'd be happy to help. Thanks. Have a great day.